Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Nier. I'm Brett, and this week we take a trip to ancient Greece and live with the gods as Walker talks about his experience escaping the underworld in Hades. So what's up, Walker? What's uh, got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, so a game that I've just been completely blown away by uh, has actually had me picking up my sticks for several weeks now, um, which, as you and anyone who's listened for <laughs> a few episodes will know, is somewhat rare unless it's an MMO. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> more, than, more than, I think, 20 hours is about your median upper limit like the middle upper limit not the absolute yeah. but 20 is like you got most of what you need at that point. right you give me a rocket league or a factorio and i'm in right. the hundreds easily but um but yeah a lot of times not i'm not quite into the hundreds yet i will say that um, okay but that's probably because I, I will also have to say that most of the games that i have a ton of playtime in is it's multiplayer Right. Like it's rare that I would have like, I don't know if there's an example where I have hundreds of hours in a game that is exclusively single player. You're not like a thousand hours into Skyrim. Right. Correct. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. I don't even it's I don't even know what the story of Skyrim is. And I've played it, but I just did side quests until I was bored. I think there's like three people that have completed it and two of them are speedrunners. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but anyway, I don't mean to believe it. That, so the game is that I'm talking about is Hades. There we go. Um, I was gonna ask in a second. <laughs> yeah, which Hades um, is made by Supergiant. So the same people that made Bastion, Transistor, mm. Pyre, um, and then their latest was Hades. And I am not alone. I mean, it was nominated for Game of the Year awards last year, towards the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I think it came out maybe last fall. I don't know right. exactly, but um, yeah, it's it's great in literally every way. So I, I don't, I, I will just gush and ramble incoherently. So I'll <laughs> let you help direct me on. What I mean, I so describe first. I've actually, I've seen a little bit. I haven't watched like big runs or anything of it, but I, every time I hear it, I like think to myself that I have no idea what the game is. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I see a screenshot. I'm like, it's, it's that. Okay. I've actually seen snippets of gameplay referenced all over the place but mm -hmm. i've not played it yet so i mean it, it like you said it's super giant so it's got that kind of third person kind of isometric -y perspective mm -hmm. but really what is i mean the art style looks way improved from maybe like i again i didn't even play transistor i've only played bastion mm -hmm. um and loved it and it was amazing and i'm sure i would love and think the other games are amazing as well but you know me and I mean, it's got to be out for at least 10, 15 years before I can touch it. So, right, right. Um, or subsidized. Right. Yeah. Or subsidized. Exactly. I've got to have uh, got to have somebody else buying my games, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, it's it's the 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 isometric view um, that you see in Bastion and Transistor. And I think even Pyre, I've played Pyre a tiny amount and I really haven't played Transistor that much either. Um I would say it's the of the super giant games. It is the most similar to Bastion in how it plays, Ooh. although it's very different from Bastion in a variety of every ways. other way. <laughs> well, I mean, Transistor is like almost like a turn based combat kind of right. thing. And then Pyre is like a strange quasi basketball game that you're playing. <laughs> it, 
kind of reminiscent of like Blitzball from um, Final Fantasy VII. Anyway, Hades is is much more just a straight up action game. Um, okay. Where it differs from Bastion is it's a roguelike. So Bastion is a linear game where you play through right. a story and um, in Hades, there's definitely a story you play through and the roguelike element is built into into the story very seamlessly. So so you play as Zagreus, uh, the son of Hades. So it's all Greek gods. Right. right? So Hades is, is not the place hell it is the greek god hades the ruler of the underworld right um and so whenever you die you are reborn or reemerge in the river of sticks okay right? and so then you come back out and you're in the underworld and you have to pay your passage so i assume your coins are or whatever currency you have she gets it some tax on that you lose it all yeah, yeah any, any, paying your passage on the river sticks Right. Well, to Charon, who is the the ferryman. Right. Um, right. And so he so he is also the merchant. So throughout the game, when you end up at a shop, he is actually the shopkeep. And, okay. and so then, yeah, when you die, you lose all of your coin. There's a couple of other currencies that carry over past right. death, but, but the, the money, the gold, if you will. Yeah, you lose. Um, but anyway, my point just being that it like kind of in the way that Rogue Legacy did a really good job of building the roguelike element into the story isn't even really the right word there, but whatever into the theme of the game where it's right. like you die. And now when you restart, you're the, the great grandchild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so obviously a different take, but still a, a cool take on, on that blending together. A reason to, I mean, yeah, it's like Mario never had a reason to have lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, since you've been to the camera, I guess I'll start gushing there. Uh, the <laughs> art is just is just incredible. Um, it is so so pretty to look at. I I have a I have a Steam Link, which they don't sell anymore because I think maybe you can just get it as an app on your TV. But Probably. whatever, I still use the Steam Link since I had it. And so yeah, I've put it over on the big screen TV and played it, and uh, just to to drink in <laughs> the art. <laughs> even more and and i don't I, like i a part of me wishes that you would have had an opportunity to play it some just because i can't describe the art in appropriate language other than to be like it looks super dope dude <laughs> well so i mean like super giants always had a pretty big focus on background and environment art like there's mm -hmm. always been a ton and of course their characters and their enemies have had a lot of style and a lot of flair. Um, but I think, and probably this is something that's just improved as they've gone on, but also it looks like from what I've seen again, not a whole lot. Uh, Hades has a lot more like effects and maybe like particles or weapon and spell effects and things that more than, cause like the environments, the backgrounds have always been amazing and really immersive and really stylized, but mm -hmm. getting to then add your animations and your effects that look like they fit and don't look like they're like green screened on or just pick like layered sprites or something. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really uh, attractive to look at and just, it just does a really good job of like, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's like, see, this is where I don't know the language to use to, to make sense. I'm going to use a word and I might be using it wrong, but it's almost like the, like the saturation of the color, like makes it mm -hmm. pop more like, yeah. So like, for example, one of the things that you can unlock over time, I guess you could say is there's vases throughout the levels right. as you're playing through them. Well, they don't drop anything. You can break them. They're destructible, but they're nothing happens when you do that. Right. Well, eventually you can purchase an upgrade for lack of a better way to explain it. That randomizes that sometimes a vase with money in it will be spawned amongst the, mm. the other vases. And it's not a huge amount, but whatever, it's a little extra coin. Right. Um, and like, the vases are all very much usually like, well, they're not, they change based on the, the level you're in, but they're very uniform. And then when there's like a gold one or an emerald one or whatever, that's got, it really pops visually. Cause there's no other indicator other than you just happen to right. kind of pan across it and see it. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. It's I'm, I'm just so enthralled with, <laughs> with how it looks constantly. And you know how, I mean, a long time ago now we did our enjoyable distractions video or, or video podcast episode <laughs> where we talked about you know how like, the easiest example is how i like in starcraft i can get sucked in just watching the zealots ponytail <laughs> right and then bobs <laughs> around yeah as he runs um and this so time to that though i assume the animation like super clean oh no. yeah yeah i mean so, it's it's hard to i can't it, i know it's like it's i, I got a softball it because it's a super giant game so it's gonna have at least a a base level of like it's at least medium good is their lowest like rung so it's kind of hard to be like <laughs> to, to dig deep on it well but. so but then it's you know beyond just the sort of talk about the aesthetic not just literally the animation and the colors right. and stuff it's also just so well put together like you so the way the game kind of progresses is you go from from chamber to chamber, which each chamber is a room. Basically, now that room can have a myriad of layouts and designs. So it's not like a, it's not like it's always a square room or something. Um, and upon completing the chamber, you earn a reward of some sort. Now that reward could be coins. It could be shadow gems which you use to unlock upgrades for future runs like the the vases thing i was just describing right. that unlocked with the shadow gems gotcha you can get these other just like standard gems that are like emeralds and rubies and sapphire and that sort of thing and those can be used to like unlock stuff in your house just like cosmetic type things okay also in some cases used to unlock things that'll you know change the way the game plays um but then but then primarily what you're unlocking, and this is where it gets into the roguelike side of it, is you're unlocking um, new abilities from the Greek gods. Okay. So the premise of the story is you're trying, as Hades' son, you're trying to escape the underworld, which is prohibited. Right. But to do so, you end up getting the help of your aunts and uncles, effectively, because they're right. Hades siblings the other greek gods and so then they're imbuing you with power so whenever you complete a level let's say you get a zeus drop right so you you pick up the zeus orb and then there's the standard is there's three options you can choose from that'll be a benefit and it could be like every time you use your 
the ability that's just your standard attack, it shoots chain lightning. Or every time you use your special attack, it shoots chain lightning. Or your castable ability now is chain lightning. Or when you dash, lightning shoots around you. When you right. take all these different lightning effect possibilities. Um, and so then there's, I don't know, 10 maybe Greek gods. I, I, I didn't count someone who could count it very easily, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We'll say roughly 10, but, and they all offer probably 15 different possible choices. Maybe, oh, wow. maybe more than that. Um, and then do you, you have, got, do you get to pick from like three or are all 10 always available? Or is it just one random one that you get? Each time, so when you pick up the Zeus Orb, it'll show you, th it, it randomizes okay. three for you to see. Gotcha. Um, now, it typically seems like the game is pretty good about, like, so you'll never see a duplicate choice from the same Greek god, right? Like, if okay. I get the Zeus gives me Chain Lightning on my attack, the next time I find a Zeus Orb in that run, it will not re-offer that one. Like, That's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So then what it does, though, is it offers you, typically in a run... I don't think I've ever seen more or less than four gods per run will offer you gotcha. powers. So if I pick up the Zeus attack power, it's not impossible. I have seen it, but it's it's rare that I would then see if when I pick up the Ares a bulb or whatever at the end of the next chamber, he's not going to offer me whatever the Ares attack benefit is. Right. He'll offer you like a run or a defense or something. Right. Yeah. Now, sometimes okay. it sometimes it will, though. Sometimes it will be the attack and then it will just tell you this would overwrite the right. one you already have, which is here. So anyway, I don't know if that's interesting or so. So the overall premise, uh, trying to escape 80s, I guess that kind of brings a question, though, is yep. is there a lot of variance in the environments? Yep. So, so yeah, it's just because it's if it's all Hades, I just wasn't sure if it's all underworld. Yeah, like so, jungle, a jungle underworld and fire underworld, or is there no? So you, you there's basically there's basically four biomes, for lack of a better term, right? Um, so you start out in the more kind of, I guess, well, it's it's not really even. So the second level is, is where you see like the Lake of Hellfire and stuff. Right. The first stage is is more kind of like dungeony, I guess okay. you could say. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is is like where the good people of the underworld are. Because again, it's not actually heaven and hell. It's not the right. It's the Christian Greek. mythos. The Greek is also ancient. Ha ha ha. Really long time ago, and I never got super big into Greek mythology. Yeah, I, I I never was was super into it either. Although I will say this game has made me think it's way cooler. I mean, I say that it's not like I'm going and reading Greek mythology books now, but it's certainly probably the coolest take on that set of ideas in entertainment media that I've seen. Better than you know, uh, like a Disney's Hercules kind of thing, right? Or the Kevin Sorbo show from yeah, the ooh, 90s. Ooh, right. that didn't age well. No. <laughs> It didn't. It wasn't good when it came out. I mean, it was <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah. So, but it, in the same way that like like a Diablo would be, the the levels are randomized every time. So yeah. the same you go through. I think I can, now now the names of the, the biomes are escaping. But you go through the the first biome, which is more kind of dungeony. You go through the second biome, which is there's constantly a lake of fire everywhere, like you know molten lava everywhere. Um, third level is more 
it's not jungle, but it's more like lush greens and like vibrant, like plant life, right? <laughs> like bigger. marble and white and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fourth stage, the fourth biome is, is so the first three biomes kind of play out the same way where you go through multiple chambers. I don't know, maybe 10 chambers. I, I don't know how many in each one. And then, and then there's a boss and there's typically a mini boss somewhere in the middle of, of the, the biome. Right. Um, and then, and then you fight the boss of that, that biome, which that is, that does not change ever. The boss is always the same. Um, so in the first level you fight like the, the furies, there's three sisters that are the furies, right? One of them will show up and that's the, the first boss. The second boss is always this giant bone dragon snake thing that okay. doesn't like have a Naga. name. Yeah, but it's a skeleton. Okay. And, it, and it's just like a, in a, like a head that extends from the wall. Like it's in like a neck, like it's not, nice. it doesn't have like a body. It doesn't move around. Right. Right. You know, it's tethered to the wall constantly. You eventually name it Lernie, which is just a strange name. And then you're like, hey, Lernie, how you doing? Because your character acknowledges that he's running through this multiple times. Nice. Like every run. That's nice to have some in-jokes in there. Like, hey, we meet again. Exactly. Over and over again, you get that. <laughs> um, and then and then the third, the third biome, the boss of that is actually two. It's a minotaur guy and then like a, a dude with a shield and spear that's like a it's not Hercules or, or Achilles, but it's someone in that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Gladiator um, in armor, Greek. Right. Powerfully golem thing. So then the fourth biome is really just, it, there's five chambers that like you go into a master room and then there's five chambers that you can choose to go in independently. And when you complete one, you come back out to the master room and then can go back into the others. And really, in one of those five chambers, there will be a, um, I don't remember what it's called again, but it, it's effectively like a dog treat bag because you're at the exit, you're at the end of the underworld. Well, mm -hmm. the thing that guards the end of the underworld is the three-headed dog Cerberus. Cerberus. Except that yep. he's actually your family dog. Right. <laughs> you like grew up with your, your right. So like, like at your home base or whatever, where you respawn and, and start each run from like, you have your bedroom and stuff there. And yeah, Cerberus just hangs out there and like, you can go and pet him. Like I have an achievement for petting him so many times. But anyway, so you don't have to, you don't actually fight him, which is nice because it's your right. dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so instead you, you have to go through these chambers and find a, a, basically what is effectively a bag of treats. You give that to him and then he leaves so you can exit. When you exit the underworld, the next stage isn't really a biome per se in the same way because it's just one level and that's the the final boss fight with Hades. Uh, and if you beat that, then you've successfully completed the run. So, nice. Um, anyway, I feel like I just went. I, I just no, 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 no. That's, that I, I, I'm, I needed that because like that that gives a good idea of what the biomes are and how they look like and says that there's some some variety there. Yeah. Um, but also it, that just kind of answers like the general progression question. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess like really the question is, which of course it has to be amazing. So I want to hear the gushing on, uh, if you've kind of stuck with it this long, which is just the mechanics, like mm -hmm. what, what mechanics are causing you to want to replay it so much? Um, 
Like, is it progression? Yeah. Is it combat? Is it just it, the loop? It's kind of all of it. So this is, you know, I've talked a lot in the last six months probably about how I've found myself really, really digging roguelikes. And this is the game that really sealed that for me. Like, um, you know, another game that, that we, we may talk about today or maybe another time, but Dead Cells, you and I have both played that. Yep. I played that before this, and that is also very good. Um, and, and then the card battler games like Slay the Spire and Monster Train and, and those type of roguelike experiences also help me get comfortable with it. Um, but man, Hades is what has sealed it. So, so to start there, as far as progression, I would say that the progression is something that's kept me hooked because what I didn't understand before maybe, and, and I think maybe it's because sometimes I don't give games long enough, right? is that a game like Hades, it, it, it actually doesn't, it actually wasn't as compelling to me as it is now for the first 10 hours because it's actually just a lot harder like right when you because it's a roguelite when you die it's over right you start a new run mm -hmm. um but as you play and you collect those shadow gems that i talked about that you that carry over from run to run you can unlock the ability to have extra lives effectively oh nice right? so now you can die two or three times and there are things that you can run into during runs that might allow you to even replenish those respawns, oh, wow. right? So <laughs> you gotta, you have to. It's it just instantly reminds me of what was I think there is no game where it was essentially like a it's an old Flash game. I think this is the one. Essentially, the, there's nothing, and you have to essentially earn coins or credits or whatever to add items to make it into a game. So you have to add a title screen. You have to add score. You have to add lives. You have to add a gun or a character or whatever, um, or like DLC, the game. It just kind of made yeah. me think of like you now you've unlocked the ability to have lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it just, it, it, and it's, it's, you know, I think some people might take issue with saying like, oh, well, it's because it becomes easier, but that really is the outcome, right? The right. outcome is now if I mess up and die once, I don't have to start the run over. Mm -hmm. um, and that be, allows you to make it further. Exactly. And there's things to increase my maximum life or increase my starting money or right. all sorts of upgrades that, that you just don't have when you start the game and you don't unlock, or at least I did not unlock them within two or three runs, right? Like it took several runs to kind of build up a catalog of bonus passive abilities right. that are going to help me get farther in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I probably, I don't think I, I, I've definitely never beaten it even with more upgraded, powerful stuff. I've never beaten it without dying. Right. Like I've never done a, a flawless, right? Run. A flaw. Yeah. So if there a wasn't the extra run. life, yeah, if there wasn't that, I would have never completed it. Right. Right. So, um, so it's interesting in that way. Um, just in that, that, yeah, like you really start to unlock stuff again. For me, it was probably 10 hours in that really changed the way that I could progress and the risks I could take. And, and again, just my ability to buy more items or whatever the case is. Um, and then beyond that, the variance is also really, really fun because 
because of the roguelike elements of it, like you asked before, the levels change every run, right? So it's not like, oh, I'm at level two, three, and I know what that looks like, right? right? Like, no, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, the enemies that spawn in each room are different. Now, some enemies are tied to certain biomes. Right, you'll right? probably see a skeleton in the underworld, and the next time you play through the underworld, you're probably going to see somewhere you might see a skeleton, and that that's fine. Yeah, like the third biome has these, like, enemy chariots that have faces on them that charge at you. You don't see those in the other biomes. They're right. unique to that biome. But you don't see them in every room in the third biome. Right. Excuse me. So, so what about, like, um, you, you know, kind of sticking back to... Uh, items and runs and power scaling. How is the power scaling? How often are you pretty much like, I at least if you get a halfway decent run, are you getting upgrades pretty much every run? Or do you hit a point where that, you know, you get a bunch in the beginning to get you hooked and then you hit a wall where you have to start grinding it out? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I never really felt like I hit a wall with it, but the upgrades... See, that that's the thing. The upgrades work in kind of a unique way because, again, like each run, you're you're getting these abilities from the gods, and those have so much variance. Because like, like I described earlier, I'm just going to use the same example so I'm not right. more confusing than I already am. Um, but like the Zeus Chain Lightning ability. Well, A, there's 15 different abilities that you could see from Zeus potentially, right? Right. But then on top of that, there are quality uh, tiers to each to each ability. So there's the common quality lightning attack lightning that gives you plus 14 damage. But then there's a rare version and an epic version and a legendary version and maybe even a heroic version. But anyway, so it's like you might get a really powerful run because you got really sweet drops from the gods and that has nothing to do with the meta progression right right that makes sense yeah um so yeah unlike unlike something like rogue legacy where what you described is very much how that felt it's where just it's, item dependent or, well, it just, or run dependent like if you have a bad run you're not getting anything and your next run is going to be the same as the one that you were just on yeah exactly exactly um and Rogue Legacy didn't really get a lot easier over time, no. at least for me, you know, and I've went back no. to it a few times. Um, and it, I always kind of get to a place where I hit a wall and I don't have any more upgrades to get and I am not progressing farther. And I, don't, I guess I just need to get good, you know, but um, but with Hades, I didn't feel that way at all with it. Nice. So I guess another thing to talk about then as far as progression that ties into mechanics also is the weapons. Um, so there's seven weapons that you can okay. choose from. There's a sword, a spear, a bow and arrow, a shield, uh, gloves, basically a gun. <laughs> and maybe that's it. Maybe there's only six. That might be right. Either way. Um, but those all play totally different right like so is this picked before you start a run yeah so so basically the way the game starts is you start in your house emerging from the river of sticks and you can run around the house and like you can talk to different people because there's a whole relationship system with all of the characters in the game oh wow the greek gods 
the people that the servants in the house, not every single NPC right, in the house, right. but some of them, um, the merchant, the Churon guy, the merchant guy, like and the, the boatman or whatever, he has his own relationship thing. Um, and so you run around the house and then there, there is a, a vendor that you can buy either like upgrades for the house for, or what is effectively a currency exchange to get right. to the higher tier currencies. Um, then from there you go into your bedroom and then in your bedroom is where you set your, your passive benefits where you can unlock the passive benefits that affect you run over run, like the vases spawning that have money right. in them, right? or it's not just that, or something that increases the, the rarity, the likelihood that you'll get better quality offerings from the gods. Right. Nice. So all sorts of, some different benefits. And then from there you run into a room where yeah you have all the weapons available and you can choose the weapons and you're not you can choose any weapon you could run you could do a hundred runs in a row with just the sword if that's all you wanted to do right um so it doesn't force you into anything but what it does do is it puts kind of a in, uh, there's a randomized uh, one of the weapons at random will have kind of like a swirl behind it and that indicates that if you use that weapon for the run you get like 20 percent extra shadow gems favored item of the gods sort of thing yeah so it just it's and i liked it because it i want to use all the weapons and like while at first i was like ah oh, the spear is my favorite weapon like i love right. it but it's like because of that system and because i wanted to progress more i ended up always just picking whatever weapon was effectively selected for me um but it was kind of a cool way to get a sense of randomization without it being a forced. Right. I was going to say that sounds, that sounds really good where it's like, it's not, yeah, it's not forcing you to pick it. It's not saying this run, you have bow now, so you don't have to just go like enter a run, die, enter a run, die, enter a run, die, enter a run. Okay. I got my bow. Cool. Right. This can be a good run now. Like if you, if you are going for a specific tactic or if you just enjoy a certain combat style, you can play that. But if you're willing to, you know, sacrifice your favored style, you get rewarded by getting extra currency. So that's that's a good mechanic. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's sure. not so much that, like, if you're just 20 percent better with the bow than you are the spear, then you're probably better off taking the bow, especially if you're like 25 percent better, because you're right. probably going to get more in the end doing that. But if you're if you're willing to kind of be average with all of them, then yeah, it, it rewards you enough to make up for the fact that you're probably not as skilled with that weapon. Right, right, exactly. Um, but then on top of that, each weapon has its baseline version that you get, and then you can unlock up to three other varieties of each weapon, um, which then changes the way the weapon functions. Not entirely like the sword doesn't become a gun all of a sudden or something. But like a really easy example is uh, when you when you have the shield, it's kind of like a Captain America shield, right? So you throw it and right. it bounces between the enemies and comes back to you. Well, I think the second or third version of that you unlock, you can just throw it out and it'll just sit in a in the spot where it stops and just spin and do damage in that oh, spot that's cool. indefinitely. Well, not indefinitely, but for a you know a period right. of time. So there's just there's there's then different varieties of the weapons that you can get that then again changes the way it plays. And then when you couple that with the different abilities that you're getting from the gods, 
all of that interplay is just it's just super interesting. Like yeah, it sounds like you're getting up into your like million ways to play sort of kind of territory. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say absolutely. Um, and, and there's even more things. I mean, basically, it follows the formula I've described, so I won't explain every detail of the game, but there are even more ways that things can be modified and changed um, that yeah, just make it <laughs> just make it really addicting. And the combat itself is just really clean. Um, you've got a dash mechanic that allows you to, you know, basically iframe, avoid damage. Right. Um, but it also allows you to cover distance. So like if you like in the second biome, there's a lot of places where, again, just about every chamber in the second biome has floor and then lava river and then floor and lava river and sometimes there's bridges or sometimes it's all connected and sometimes it's not and so to cross that gap you can dash across it right nice. so it's also a movement thing um but yeah the combat just feels so clean like it, it it's it strikes a really good balance of you don't one shot everything but you also don't have to sit and chop something down for five minutes at a time right, right? like you don't end up in the whirlwind animation and Diablo for five minutes straight, slowly chipping away the enemy's life. Right, right, exactly. And so it, it it's a game that very much it, it strikes a really perfect balance, at least for for someone of my gaming skill, uh, which is low, to be clear. Um, it strikes a really perfect balance of, of allowing me to feel a challenge. And, you know, I die certainly more than I win, um, right. but also feel like when I lose, I feel like uh, I just didn't, I didn't do it right. I didn't play well. You know what I right. mean? Like I could have done better and I wouldn't have died there. Um, yeah. So while we're talking about like items and equipment and upgrades and skills and spells and f God favors that you can get, something that you've mentioned in a lot of your other conversations about roguelikes is that you really enjoy when the game allows you to be overpowered mm. in some runs where like sometimes if you get some perfect combination of weapon and God favor and movement tech and special ability, or you just find 10 lifesteal buffs in one run that makes it some ridiculously crazy run that you really enjoy where it feels like the game kind of almost allows you to break it in a sense. Did you get ever get that feeling in Hades? Um, yeah, not, not to the level um, that I did in like Monster Train or I don't remember what the other one was. I it think might Risk have been of Rain was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Risk of Rain. I can't believe I didn't mention that earlier when I was talking about <laughs> roguelikes that made me fall in love because that was that actually might have been the one that really did it, actually, that I now that I say that. But I think you've said that about just about all of them you've played so far. That's fair. <laughs> well, it's because it was a genre that I literally was prior to this year. I was like, if I saw roguelike in the description of the game right i wasn't getting it you know what i mean i was just like oh i don't rogue care legacy, about that. we 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 came onto that scene too early because rogue legacy ruined both of us for a long time yeah i mean in it's fairness that game it's just hard <laughs> well i also i you know i was turned off by ftl um, that's true yeah FTL is a super popular game and i'm i'm I in my ftl though because oh, okay. rogue legacy like gotcha. for me it was even it was even harder i guess <laughs> 
Um, and then there was another one too. There's there's FTL and Rogue Legacy. Ah, it's escaping me now. I had it there for a second, but but yeah, there was just a few roguelike games that I played several years ago. Um, oh, I know it was it was the one by Klee. Um, oh, Invisible Ink. Yes. Yeah. Because I had just come from XCOM, and mm-hmm. it looks and plays kind of similar to XCOM, yeah. but XCOM is of course this like epic in length game, right? Where it's right. a very long thing. And so then I went into Invisible Ink, and it's like, yeah, the 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 whole game takes place in game in three days, right? right? So the story's not that long. And what you're doing in Invisible Ink is unlocking characters in a run to then use in the next run. And I was like, yeah. what? That's insane. I don't want that. I want persistence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need the Total War mod of XCOM. And right, right. The Long War. Yeah. Total War would work too, though. That would be <laughs> I'd be out with Total War version of XCOM. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, I probably do say that about all the roguelikes this year because I just didn't think that was a genre I was coming back to. I mean, maybe in 2021, I'll discover that visual novels were actually the game I've been missing out on all these years. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but for but for to kind of back the, the power yeah. scaling, the breaking, so, breaking the mold with a special run. Yeah, so not to the level of, certainly not to the level of Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain, I mean, we were laughing out loud and shouting obscenities at the game because of how much we were destroying the game in a couple of those runs. In this, um, in Hades, not to that level, but yeah, I have had, in fact, you know, I said earlier, I don't think I've had a deathless run. I might have just last night actually had my first deathless run because I just got, op drop after op drop after op drop and it just kind of worked like i could just stand across the screen and kill stuff and not really have to put myself in danger and it just kind of worked out so um but that's certainly rare right. <laughs> in the game. well and it should be rare for any game but it was kind of gauging like the yeah. level of brokenness that they let you feel uh you know on occasion so the other difference is is that in the other games i have largely just played at this the default difficulty and in hades once you beat hades himself the first time you unlock the ability to add modifiers difficulty modifiers Mm. to the run but it incentivizes haters right but it incentivizes you to do that because i'm trying to say this succinctly with each weapon type so like sword there's four swords i described but right. it's just just sword as a category right. so for the category of sword for example at the normal difficulty there are special drops that you get the first time you beat each boss each of the four bosses oh okay okay that you can then use to upgrade and unlock these different weapon variants and then upgrade those those different weapon variants over time but like, so say I beat the first three bosses and then die to Hades, which is the story of the first like 40 runs that I did in that game. <laughs> um, well, I've already beat those first three bosses. So when I beat them the second the second time and the 20th time and whatever on the same difficulty with the same weapon category. Right. Now it doesn't drop the unique thing. Now it drops shadow gems or the other right, kind of, kind of generic stuff. Exactly. Um, so... The, what the mutators offer is 
basically an increased difficulty, which then resets it so that when I now fight through the game again with the sword with one mutator active, all of the bosses drop the unique thing again. Ah, and then after right. I've done that, now I can turn on two mutators and now it resets it again. Sweet. And so on and so forth. So that goes so so that's the other difference, I guess, is that after I beat it once, which I, I've now completed it ten times, which is the requirement to, to actually finish the story. Um you yeah, anyway. I lost my train of thought, I guess. Getting now you've got like ten mutators that you can put on, or yeah. Is there that many difficulty levels? Uh there's there's so there's a special room that I can that I can access in right. some runs, but in order to access it, I have to have a certain amount of mutators active. Oh wow. So in like the first biome, it's like you have to have five mutators active to get into this room. Second biome is 10, third biome is 15. So they okay. definitely at least plan on you scaling up to at least 15. Right. Uh, I'm at, I think four is the highest on any weapon category <laughs> I'm at. So I'm not at, yeah, at five or 10 even. Certainly not 15. Good. Now, now that's, that almost sounds like that's more the spot where you stop taking the swirly weapon each time and maybe then focus in on one weapon. Um, yeah, the swirly weapon offers more of the shadow gems, which at this right. point I don't have a use for because I've upgraded everything I can with those. So yes. However, I think it also increases the amount of the standard gems that you get. Right. And I do still have more stuff I can buy for those. So, so it really just depends on what you want. That's yeah. nice though. Like, I, I think that's interesting use of multiple currencies because like, like in something like Rogue Legacy, you can kind of tailor how your next character is going to play some by like opening up the randomization to get another class or upgrading a certain weapon or something. But it also kind of is almost disappointing because it all comes out of the same pile of gold. Mm -hmm. right? So like you're like, oh, now I really have to choose between do I want to upgrade my sword or my armor or do I want a new class ability? Whereas like if you split that out into some different areas, it it almost incentivizes you to pick how you want to play, which is something that you I mean, it's debatable. You could say that there's pick how you want to play in other rogue games, but I think that allowing you that more that deeper level of interesting choices like do you want to go on a run that's really heavily shadow gem focused or do you want to go on one that's gold focused or regular gems or just do you want to go for mutators like giving you some options on how you want to advance your character how you would want to play with the game not just play the game mm -hmm. yeah no i absolutely agree um and yeah it's just the 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 combat is so solid the aesthetics and i didn't like so whenever you get the orb from zeus right like it's not just an orb with a lightning bolt in it it is that but when you pick it up like a screen opens up and zeus talks to you and now it's not animated right but it is voiced right yeah. so i don't know the 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 immersion of the game is do they say the same thing every time um I mean, and that the I assume at the point that you've played it forty to fifty times, you probably heard most of the voice yes. lines. Yeah, but... I would I would guess so. But there are still there are moments where it will be different. 
but yeah, generally I would say it's, you know, somewhat canned. Now Zeus doesn't say the same thing that Ares says or something right. like that. Right? Like those are different. Um, but it just depends because like, so sometimes it, like if I have a, and I'm just going to make this up, I don't know if it's a real example or not, but let's say I have, let's say I have a Zeus artifact and now I find or a power and I find an Ares one. Right. Well, those two might offer a duo power that ah. is now available. So then, then Ares will reference the fact that I'm, that you've already been blessed by by Zeus in some exactly, way. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of cool. That's kind of right, cool. Right. I mean, that's just that's another layer of. It, it just seems like the number of layers of things that you can encounter. I I, I feel bad because I know I rant and rave about so many games because I get so excited about gaming after all this time still. And I know I implore you to play a lot of games, but I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm telling you, Brett, and I'm also telling <laughs> listeners, I'm telling you, this is special. Like, it is different. Like, Risk of Rain is really cool because of how insane it gets, but it's not the prettiest thing I've ever seen. There is no story. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and it's not breaking the mold too much. It is a little bit, but not... Yeah, it, it's interesting in its own ways, certainly. Right. Um, but this literally, I mean, I understand why it would have been nominated for game of the year. I didn't, when I very first picked it up, cause I got it in maybe November of last year, which was right. around the time the game award stuff gets nominated. And I was like, game of the year seems maybe reachy for this, but I disagree with myself entirely now right? It's, because it's excellent over. The music is excellent. Um, and I, I mean, <laughs> mild spoiler it's not related to the outcome of the actual story itself, but like at one point you encounter the musician of the underworld who refuses to sing for a long time now, but he's like got the most beautiful voice, right? But he won't sing because he's lost his muse. Well, you find his muse in the second biome. She's a right. chamber you can enter randomly. Um, and like you, you end up trying to orchestrate them getting back together. Right. Or like <laughs> Achilles has a lover that he's been separated from. And you talk to Achilles all the time in your home. Right. And it doesn't it's not like when you first talk to him, he's like, oh, my my lover is gone. I can't find him, whatever. Right. But eventually you encounter Patrocles, I think his name is, who is Achilles lover in the third biome. And you talk to him and he explains that he used to be close with Achilles. And then you mention that to Achilles and now, now he opens up a little bit. And so like, there's all this stuff about trying to like bring people together and see that's, that's such an interesting way of really, it almost begs the question of which came first, the roguelike or the Greek setting. Like it, it's almost a great way of saying, we want to make a roguelike out of our style of game, mm -hmm. but we want to allow the character to have a progressing story where they're a single entity within the story mm -hmm. and allow them to have memory of what they're doing without it being like a memory wipe machine or something. And I think that having a Greek setting like that, and like you said, being able to progress meta stories and have NPCs that you have character relationships with and you have progressive storytelling with without having to say you died, but not like you can in, in a Greek setting, you can get away with that. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting way to to tell a story and to tell a bunch of stories, right? Because the main story is about Zagreus trying to escape the underworld, and I won't get into what he's trying to accomplish with that and what he ultimately does, but there's a lot of other stories with a lot of other characters, right? Like there's right. there's Nyx, who's like, I don't even know, the goddess of darkness. She's not even a goddess, though. She's like... Like a demigod or just a like above that thing? level <laughs> somehow. I don't know. To, to relate it to something, another entity you could encounter is chaos. Okay. That is also not a god, but like the entity of like a titan chaos. Yeah, but the Greek gods murdered the titans. Yeah, that's, that's true. So I, again, I I don't this know. Is where I, again, yeah, this is where neither one of us uh super big history buffs over here. Well, and so. more than that, though, it's a failing of me as a gamer where. I just it, like as much as I'm now trying to extol the value of the story and everything, I don't remember all the names, I don't remember <laughs> all the terms. Because in the end, I'm sucked into enjoyable distractions, cool stuff and happening, really compelling gameplay, right? right? Like that's really what draws me to it. But all of the other stuff is done basically perfectly. And like eventually, when the when the singer guy sings, so there's a spoil, whatever. Eventually, when he sings, like. It's actually really, really good music. Like it's actually he's actually a really they hired a really good singer That's to cool. sing for that. You know what I mean? Like and it is like it's a cool moment when that happens because you come back into the your house from a run and whatever criteria has been met and he's just singing and you're just like, Oh, well, okay cool. then. Right. All right. And then you can unlock new songs for him to sing, That's right? Cool. Like That's cool. Yeah. So uh like, I mean, we've been going on for almost an hour. This is my point. Like, I can gush about this for a long time. Like, it is such a good game. Um, Supergiant really... I, I read that this was like... Before I played it, I read somewhere that this was... Not their magnum opus, but just like... Everything that Bastion did really well. Like, the foundation that Bastion laid. Right. This was like the culmination of all of their years of development and like almost a revisiting of that gameplay like go style. Make Bastion, then go make six other games, learning how to make Bastion that much cooler and then go revisit Bastion and do it as a Greek mythology game. Roguelike, right? Yeah. Cause Bastion also not that. So, right, right. But, but like similar to Bastion is all the different weapon types, right? Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's like, I actually had redownloaded Bastion thinking that I would play it over the winter break. And it's one of those games where every now and again, I'll just be like, man, I really, usually I'll hear the music somewhere. Um, yeah, their, their music gets used in a lot of like lower to middle level YouTube videos occasionally. And so I'll just hear it and know, or a sound clip. Like it doesn't take the game tattooed a lot of things onto my soul so referencing a a one second sound bite i'll just know you know but it's always one of those things where if i have to go re-download it i'll probably lose the will to play it before it's done downloading because i have to wait so i re-downloaded it thinking the next time that i get that whim that it'll just be there and then i like a totem reminding me that I don't need to have that whim seeing the icon on the desktop has kept me like, nah, maybe I can play something else. Like it is an amazing game and it has been like, I don't know, eight or nine years since I played it. So right. I barely, I remember some of the art. So I know the music really well because we were listening to the OST like on CD for a long time. But um, 
yeah, I don't really, I, I remember the gameplay. I remember the, some of the story, but I'm sure that actually playing through it again would be almost a new experience. But now it almost seems like I should just go play Hades. And I, I honestly would say that that's true. I mean, yeah, I, I love Bastion of Bastion's a great game, but I'm not even saying you shouldn't <laughs> replay that if it tickled your fancy, but to not play Hades is, is to miss out. I mean, it, it's better than any of the others that I've seen. And, and I think part of that is also is actually the design of it being a 2D isometric thing, because where Dead Cells and Rogue Legacy and a lot of the other platformer style games like this get really challenging is in all the platforming stuff that it makes you do. Right. right? And this there's not a jump, right? It doesn't it, it's you're just moving directionally. Now there's dashes and things like that. So sure, it's you not... still want to avoid damage. It's still difficult. Right. But, but it... I do agree that missing a platformer jump is already punishing in a game that the main uh, antagonist is not platforms. <laughs> well, I mean, like Ori in the Blind Forest, I mean, totally different kind of right. game. But we talked about that. I mean, it's got combat. But honestly, in that, the, the platforming stuff was what I got it is, hung yeah, up on. The platforming was the game. Right. And it's all designed around that. And the combat you could almost not even have. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I think that Hades, at least for me personally, I think that that made it probably a bit more accessible. Not that I'm afraid of a game with <laughs> jumping in it or something. Oh, no, there's just... platforms. It's a jump and right. shoot, man. Right. Yeah. But um, but I think that lends itself to it. And again, they just did an excellent job of striking this balance of like, again, feeling engaged and feeling like i'm playing well right right but also not running into this difficulty saw that just ruins it for me you know right um and i think that's where a lot of roguelites struggle is they struggle to f it's almost kind of like in survival games where i don't know which one does it right i'm there's probably an example but survival games struggle so much with like either being on the Minecraft end of the spectrum where the survival mechanics, food and waters have, don't actually really matter that much, or if they do, it's very minor to being on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, you know, don't starve and you have to spend at least the whole game <laughs> rabbits forever because you have to constantly eat. And if you don't, you'll starve. And you know, it's called don't starve after all. Um, Hades does a great job though, of finding the balance between, difficulty and accessibility and, and yeah, finding this perfect kind of sweet spot between the two. That's awesome. So, I mean, uh, overall, why do you think this game matters? If, if not to the world, maybe to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, this is, th this is so fun for me because it's, you know, as far as why it matters, you know, something like, um, like something like Slay the Spire blew me away because I had never really thought of playing a single player card battler roguelike like the genre right. was just you know risk of rain same kind of thing like it just felt like a different like a game i hadn't played before and so there's a lot of excitement for me in that whereas this hades is not reinventing the wheel i mean in a lot of ways it feels similar to bastion you know what i mean right. um i'm gree is probably a prettier game you know like <laughs> <laughs> like so it's not really it's not really shattering the mold with just some brand new innovation as much as it's just an example of excellence in every area and 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 so on that it's it it raises above 
the rest. So, I mean, uh, it, it helped me, it, it, it reaffirmed my newfound love for roguelikes. Um, it's visually incredibly striking and something that I just uh, like, sometimes I literally, when I'll think to play it, it's because I just want to see, just see it. I just want to see the visuals of it because I'm just that compelled by it. Um, and then I, I would say probably first and foremost, though, it, 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 it's the mechanics of it. Like the, it's just fun to run around and fight enemies in the game. You know what I mean? Like I just trails behind you. (laughs) Yeah. Just, it's just cool. And there's so much, there's just so much variety in how it can end up playing that no run feels the same. It never feels stale. You know, a game that I've talked about before that I loved a long time ago would be Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox and Ninja Gaiden was another game where I felt like when I failed, it was my fault. And I think that's a really important feeling to have in a game that when you lose, it's not because the game cheated you. Um, But Ninja Gaiden, it's the same enemies. It's the same level. It's the same weapon. Like everything is the same. It's very much. Can you learn this very particular set of things? And if you can, you win. And in Hades, that's not the case because again, the levels, the enemies, every, the weapon, the modifiers I'm getting, all of it, is going to be different and then with the mutators once you get to that point the mutators aren't i mean there are there are your standard mutators like enemies do extra damage or spawn extra enemies but then there's also one that's like for each tier of this it takes away the first or the bottom which are the most powerful uh three layers of your shadow gem upgrades your passive right like and so but then based on the severity if you will of the mutator it counts for more tiers of mutators. So like, oh, I think nice. the one I described is worth three on its own. Right. Right. But so there's also, you know, there's more than one way to get to, if I need four mutator points for the sword. Now there's way, there's a, a myriad of ways that I could combine mutators to get to four points. Nice. So that's not even the same every time, you know, like the variety of it is, is excellent. I guess that, you know, I hadn't thought about that. So now I'm going to get a little esoteric real quick. <laughs> Something I talk about on my other show, the walk show often is, is this idea of holding seemingly opposite things in balance. Yeah. Um, the quote that I love that, that speaks to that is uh, contradiction is the lever of transcendence. And so it's, it's like taking contradicting ideas. And I think that that's what Hades does maybe a really, really excellent job of is it, it takes the, the excitement of possibility and variety and change and marries that really well with a compelling story, compelling characters and a compelling world that are persistent despite all of these varied changing things. And it does both of those things really well, which makes it a really compelling experience. That's, that's a really great way of saying that. I think that alone has made me, more interested like it was everything else piqued my interest or i think that like speaking to the dichotomy in the presentation is something that like all right if you're if you're able to speak that eloquently on it then maybe i'll take a look (laughs) but i'll add it to a wish list or hope that it comes out on xbox game pass or something yeah (laughs) yeah it's i'm so bad i'm sorry i'm sorry to all of the developers i to be fair I generally do buy games full price. I add them to the wish list and then skip on every sale that happens until I hit the one day where I'm like, oh man, I really want to play this. 
and full price. I just missed the 80% off sale. So I'm spending 20 bucks for something that was just $2 yesterday. So to be fair, that's generally what I actually do. But I think in the back of my mind that I'll just get the perfect deal on everything and save enough money to buy the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Hades, I can't imagine someone being disappointed unless they just don't like uh, that kind of gameplay, I guess. Right. Like third is uh, the speed of combat. Is it like super fast, like enemies, two, three hits and you're moving on like, um, chaining between enemies fairly often or. Yeah, I would say I would say, yeah, I mean, it depends. There's 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 a yet again, there's a good variety of enemies where there's tiny enemies that you one shot and then right. there's larger enemies that are two or three, but now it introduces armor. So then it's basically two life bars. You have to de mm. destroy the armor life bar before you can even start to destroy the, the health life right. bar. Um, so even if they had a hundred armor and a hundred health and you hit them for a thousand, it's only going to take the hundred armor off. Right. So you have to hit them the second time for a thousand, if you will, in that case. Um, something else that I will say that is that it makes me think about and it, I get it that they're different games. I get that. But it's the same camera view as Diablo, Path of Exile, Torchlight, all of those style of games. And again, it plays very differently. I mean, I think you can play Hades with a keyboard and mouse, but it says on the front screen controller, I strongly recommend. Right. right. So optimized for controller. Yeah, it's made for that. And Diablo is, is not, um, which I know Diablo 3 is on modern consoles at this point but that's not how it was designed up front um i just would be really excited to see a game like a diablo or a torchlighter that kind of that scope of game and that you know that brand except implement this kind of combat more because those games bore me to death instantly because the combat is so unengaging um and and something like this, and I've always wondered, like, is it just the, is it the camera view? Like, is it just that style of game doesn't when it's no, it's not. It's just a, it's just choices in development about how the mechanics will work. And yeah, I, I would love to see this kind of gameplay spread throughout <laughs> isometric action games. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's super great. Awesome. Well, that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee over at ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more of either of us outside of gaming, my other podcast, The Walk Show, talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests. And Brett's podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. <laughs>